I'd like to begin by paying my respects to the Wandry people, the traditional custodians of this land where we are meeting upon today for its elders and pasts and presents, and even for self-agency people too. You are now listening to Raising Our Voices, 855 and on your radio dial. This show is produced by a miser and reinforced. Looking at accommodations, rights for people with intellectual disabilities, with focus on housing issues. Welcome to Raising Our Voices at 3CR, 855 AM Community Radio. My name is Bronwyn Trickett from Armida, and today I'm here with Janice Slattery from Reinforce and Jane Rosengrove from Reinforce and uh, Saru and Armida. Today we're talking about the National Awards for Disability Leadership. The Leslie Hall a Lifetime Achievement Award was announced on the 3rd of December being the International Day for People with Disability. Uh, and Janice Slattery is the recipient. <laughs> the Lifetime Achievement Award has been named after Leslie Hall. Uh, she was a pioneer of the disability rights movement, a feminist and disability activist who worked to advance the rights of women and girls with disability. There's a lot of work, Janice, that I can see that you've done over the years in the disability sector as an advocate. Um, how about I list a few of those things and we'll talk about them. Yep. So first of all, I understand that you were working at Villamanta Disability Rights Legal Service as a committee member. Yes. You were also... Um, working as a committee member on the board for Armida, which stands for Action for More Independence and Dignity and Accommodation. That was from 1986 until... Also, in those days, it was called Accommodation for Mildly Intellectual Disability, right up until 1992 when they had to change the whole structure of the name. I see. When Jeff Kennett came in and um, budget cuts, uh, everyone. Right. I see. Yes. You were also on the National Disability Advisory Council in Canberra as part of government? Yes. Yep. That was back in 2001 when I was appointed as a, um, a disability on the Natural Disability Advisory Council, the Canberra, when Kay Patterson, that's it, I couldn't remember her name, she was in um, government. And Kay and I had a good conversation about shopping one day. Ah, shopping. (laughs) She loves shopping. (laughs) I understand you're also working at the Office of the Public Advocate. Yes, I 
always working on the public advocate in two two thousand and five as the independent third persons program where we came in and um interviewed we were actors, right? And you know how people with disabilities when they get um interviewed by police and they didn't understand the roles and that where we have an mm. independent third person comes in, explain to them what the roles is and that before they get interviewed by the police and that. It's a very important uh, job to be doing, to assisting people yes. in that way. And you're working at the Women's Health West as a peer educator? Yep, that was my first, that was my first real, real job in 1994 as I was a peer educator. Um, that was a statewide project about two health issues, perhaps I shouldn't press for me, where we were giving information to women about how to keep their body healthy and all that. Mm. You were working at Deakin University on a project, Respectful Relationships and Safer Sexual Lives as well. Yep, I started with them in 2010 and we had a couple of sites um, where we went to Tasmania, um, Brisbane, um, Bendigo, giving um, talks to women, to a group of peer educators trying to recruit them about who wants to be around to do the project. Mm. So we managed to get so many peer educators from each state working on the project. I see. I understand that project also took you to London? Yes, it took me to London in 2011 and Iceland, the same, the London and Iceland, and then Sweden in 2012, which was very cold. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you've done you've done this travel as well for those projects, which is fantastic. Yep. I understand. Then you were working for Australian Federation of Disability Organisations (AFDO). How to include people with disabilities in conferences? Yep. I worked on that project. It was a three-month project. I worked on that project back in 2009. I worked very closely with Leslie Hall and she gave me the opportunity to travel to Darwin and to South Africa and that. That's brilliant. So it's very fitting that you've worked closely with Leslie Hall and then yep. you've been granted this uh, Leslie Hall Lifetime Achievement Award. Yep, which which I'm very honoured to be in um, to get that award and that. Congratulations! Thank you. Jane, you've also been a strong advocate over many years. Um, working at quite a few organisations. So Reinforce. Reen- yeah, Reinforce. And I've been on the... Um, I've been in the country as well talking 
um, to disability people out there about the NDIS as well. And I've even been um, like to Warrnambool, um, down to Gippsland, um, up towards the west. And it was the all... Grandparents, around the grandparents. Yeah, around the grandparents and that. And it was talking about the NDIS on what people can be can expect once mm. it's rolling out mm. in the, mm. you know, for people with a disability. That's it. And then the other thing I've been doing is um, I've been going, um, I'm like going way back, I'd done the housing rights for people with a disability and that was a, over at Colac, that was. Um, that was work, that was going to the institution there, telling them that they've got their rights and for when they are ready to move out of the institutions to be put into the community just yes. like anybody else. And have those same rights. That's right, to be have the same rights and to be treated exactly the same way as anybody else and I'm in, including the Indigenous as well. Mm. I am because us Indigenous p- people... Mm were always left out, we were, and taken off our families and put into um, missions. Missions. Right. That's right. But I was, and I was dumped into an institution which was not so pleasant, no. and it was called Pleasant Creek Training Centre in store. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. The, we, we know um, over history that Indigenous rights have not been respected and also people in with disabilities in community residential units or institutions, it's important work that you've been doing. Yes, definitely, because um, I've even been up with the in, with the um, Royal Commission as well, travelling around with the Royal Commission mm. on um, telling the people who were brought up in institutions that they can tell their story. Mm. And um, we have done, we have done um, all around the Grampians area, We've, I've travelled to Tasmania with mm. the Royal Commission and I've even travelled up in um, Alice Springs with my brothers and sisters up there telling them the information that they can come forward and tell their stories and all this. And I've been travelling everywhere, you might as well say, um, because we need that word out there. We need people to come forward and tell their stories. I know it is closed, but you can still do it now. You can. I also understand, Jane, you won an award last year, yes. the Human Rights Award. Yeah, um, I won the Human Rights Awards last year, and that was for helping with the Royal Commission on travelling around with the Royal Commission mm. on... Um, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't, because... Um, there was another four people involved as well in the nomination, and I was up. I was up in um, Sydney, and it was at one of the big motels that have got a big, huge room. And um, when they started calling out the nominations, my name was first, and then the other people's. And then when they said the Human Rights Award for the whole of Australia is. Jane Rosengrove, and I was just over the moon, I was, and <laughs> I was just not expecting it. And no. I was the first person with a disability or an intellectual disability and an Aboriginal woman out there who has won the Human Rights Awards for the whole world. That is fantastic, Jane. <laughs> that is brilliant. 
you've both been doing some really, really just groundbreaking work. Yes, definitely. And another one I've been in is with the Indigenous as well, going into Melbourne doing the walking down... The rallies? The rallies and all that of um, the Aboriginals. And we've raised our voices up to those bloody governments. You're talking about rights, uh, deaths in custody. That's right, yes. Rightful rightful ownership of Australia. Yep, and taking our land as well because the Aboriginals... We own the whole of Australia, we do, and we're going to keep owning it for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years, yeah. Yes. (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) You go out there, brothers and sisters, deadly, and show them what we can do. Deadly! Able-bodied Australia does not realise that people with disabilities across the board are being discriminated against. Then the government to demand that we go out and get a job without removing the disincentives like the lack of access to transport and community infrastructure, without providing accessible buildings that can provide barrier-free employment. I'm not getting a fair go and I don't like it and I'm saying so. You're listening to 3CR, 855 on the AM dial. Guatemala, I'm Black Betty, and you can join me for Black Noise Radio each Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. Join me each week as I serve you up a deadly fine offering of all things black as we explore Black Australia and everything fabulous it has on the offer. We'll check out and see what's making black news locally and from right around Australia. And we'll explore all things Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander and the deadly solid culture and people with a look at community news, views, music, culture and the arts. Hope you can join me for Black Noise Radio featuring black news, views, current affairs, music, culture and the arts from an Aboriginal woman's perspective. That's me, Black Betty. I'll see you Thursdays at 2. You're listening to 3CR, Raising Our Voices, uh, 3cr.org.au. You can also listen online um, to podcasts. We're here with... With Jane and Janice, who are two professional, strong, powerful, self-agency women out there. That's quite right. You Brilliant, brilliant work you've been doing. Amazing. Jane, I want to ask you some more information about your work um, from your background over all these years. So you were mentioning you've been presenting about NDIS around Victoria. Yes. You've been doing strong advocacy work about preventing abuse in Indigenous communities. Yes, and just not even Indigenous, for people who are white as well. Mm. And um, they, what happened, they asked me would I like to be in a program on domestic violence because I've been through it and that. And then there's been three other people, women as well, who were involved in it too. And what we did, we we actually picked where we wanted it, and I wanted it down by the river because of my tribe, Yorta Yorta, and that, and because um, the river, it felt like it was um, there with my dad and my spirit that was helping me through it. 
and mm. that. Mm. And it was talking about my abuse and what actually happened. Mm. Um, not all of it, but just some bits, more important bits and mm. all this. Okay. And they asked me questions on how can we get that word out there for these women who are still going through it. And I brought up and said... These women out there, if they're going through a domestic violence, they've got to remember that they only live once. And if they want to get out of this relationship, if they're going mm. through a domestic violence, they, there's organisations out there for the women with a disability. Um, there's um, the um, one in St Kilda, um, Sacred Heart Mission. There's the Salvation Army. Mm. And there's... Um, the other one that I went to? The Office of the Public Office Advocate. of the Public Advocate. And there's other organisations out there for people, for women, if they want to leave their partners. Mm. And there's an, even a 24-hour one. Where a hotline? A hotline. And it's called the hotline on 24 hours for domestic violence for women with, a, um, with disabilities or even okay. without disabilities. Yep. And you can ring up any time, you know, and they will help you. Yes. If you or someone you know is experiencing family violence, you can call 1800RESPECT, 1800-737-732. That number again, 1800-737-732. You're listening to 3CR, Raising Our Voices. So I remember that the Office of the Public Advocate presentation recently, No Excuses, Preventing and Responding to Violence and Abuse in Disability Care, you were presenting that day with um, the public advocate, Colleen Pierce, Victoria, um, the Disability Discrimination Commissioner for Human Rights Commission and also the NDIS Quality and Safeguards Commissioner. Yeah, because what happened, me and um, Colleen, who's a sister girl like me, um, what we did, we I went over a couple of days beforehand and we um, popped in some questions with Colleen helping me and that and they'll for domestic violence and how to get the word out there on the women. And even just not in women, for men too mm. as well, because men go through it. They the do. ones who are um who are easy targets like women and that. Mm. And what happened we did this a couple of days beforehand and then I read it over at home to get, get it sunked in. Yeah. And then I went over there for the day and there was about 80 people that was over at the um, human rights in the hall or whatever you mm. call it. And um, I'd done my talk on when Sister Girl asked me questions, Colleen Pierce, and then someone raised up about um, that these, these CRUs, that they are still being treated badly. That's when I told, what's his name, um, the big chief... Um, he's the boss of the whole CRUs around Victoria. And I said to him, we're the ones that have got the experience and we're the ones that should be going in these CRUs mm. because we've been brought up in these institutions. And even for the Indigenous, they've had the experience as well, yes. I said. Yeah, and I don't, right. I don't think he'll take it in. I think it's just gone in one ear the other. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully we can... <laughs> hold uh, these organisations accountable for um, for responding and preventing this type of abuse from going on at all in the future. I'm really hoping that. And, and the work that you've done is making a difference. 
the work that both of you are doing over all these years. It's um, quite extraordinary. Yes, because we need that word out there, don't we, Janice? Yes. You've been listening to Reinforce, No Strangers Here. You're listening to 3CR, Raising Our Voices. We're speaking with Janice Slattery and Jane Rosengrave today, two wonderful, strong advocates in the disability sector. Yes, we are strong and powerful, aren't we, Janice? Yes. Uh, I wanted to ask both of you, our listeners I think would be interested to hear, have you seen much change in the disability sector over the years? Well, I have, I have seen the changes in the government because years ago they never used to listen to us and that, but now they are taking notice because there's a lot of us stand, we stand up for what we believe in, so they are taking notice of us now. That's but, fantastic. But there is a way to go, but yes. yeah. And me, um, like, I do see changes, but the problem is, I reckon, is that the staff that work in these CAUs, they should be getting the training from people with a disability before they go into these CAUs to look after the disability people mm. out there because some staff are from the institutions and they just treat the clients exactly the same way as what they were treated in the institutions in the CRUs. Mm, mm. But there is some good staff out there, mm. but there is some bad and nasty ones because I know what it's like because I've been through that myself. But there's not many institutions around now. Yeah. Has there been any work, Jane and Janice, uh, that have been particular highlights for you during these years? Well, I can remember one is when I used to be in senior girls in the home, I used to sneak out and when the milk truck used to come ready for the, to put the, take the milk to the kitchen, I used to sneak out and, get, and have a bottle of drink of milk in those little bottles at those days when there was cream on top. And I used to drink gob, 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 gob. And then I used to get in <laughs> the... <laughs> I love it. I used to get into trouble because sometimes I got away with it and other times if I got into trouble, I would go to bed at five o'clock that night. Oh. I would. And that would be for my punishment, that would. And oh. we used to even jump over the beds and all that and hide under the beds and that. <laughs> we used to when we were in toddlers and even senior girls as well. And then there used to be a lot of people that used to run away. One right. of the guys did get to Melbourne because each time a car or a truck used to come on the Western Highway, he, if there was a tree around, he would hide behind a tree. He would to make sure it's big enough so people can't see him. But the police knew about it. But by the time the police found him, he was living with his mum. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then his mother said, you're not going to come back to that institution. You're staying with me. Excellent. So his plan worked. He got away. Yep. Janice, were there highlights that you can think back over the years about your work as well? There was a highlight where um, what Reinforce did in the past, back in the 80s, they, um, they were, the house was going to get pulled down and they demonstrated and it was called the Drummond's 
Drummond Street scrapped and they demonstrated and they stopped the bulldozers from pulling it down. Oh, brilliant. That's fantastic. And did you go to that uh, demonstration? No, that was in my that was before my uh, day. Okay, but it yep. is something that, that you recall. Yep. Okay. And uh, can I quickly yes, say another please. one? Um, I can remember in the institution which I was in that we used to be like slaves. We had mm. to do the pegs, the um, the um, moccasins, mm. um, the baskets. We had to do, and I can remember um, that like we were like. We were like slaves and we even had to go great picking because in those days we just got a dollar for a bucket in those days. But we used to try and hurry up and make a hundred, hundred, which we did, and get a hundred dollars. Okay. It sounds like your time in that place was, was quite awful. It was, definitely, yes. Okay, there were many things, many breaches of your rights and the other residents that took place. There was, definitely, because um, the staff, like, they were only there for the leaves, they were, and the leaves stands for the money because mm. I can remember when we were on strike that us older girls had to help out with the um, with the staff who weren't staff but they were from the CWA people and they used to help out on strikes. They did, okay. and us older women had to do it. I'd like to take the opportunity to thank you both for being here today and for your excellent work over so many years um, that has really made a change for people in the disability sector both for now and in the future. Mm. So thank you very much for being on this episode of Raising Our Voices. Thanks very much for that. Thanks for having us. Okay. Um, Please stay tuned for our next show, Completado Balable. And uh, we'll be seeing you next month on radio. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. If the content you've just heard raised any questions or caused distress to you, please contact Lifeline on 13 That's 13 For 24-hour telephone support for family violence and sexual assault, you can call 1800 737 732. That's 1800 737 732. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.